we strive. Welcome to season two of the We Strive podcast. We interview entrepreneurs who are hustling, have had exits, and are out there changing the world day by day. Entrepreneurship is all about getting places that you weren't supposed to get to. It's about creating something out of nothing, and the people we interview do just that. I'm your host, Corey McCain, CEO of the We Strive Fitness Platform, launching this December. If you want shares in our company, head to wefunder.com slash we strive and check us out. Thanks again for listening every week, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. What's up, guys? 50th episode. So excited. We're all the way here now. It's it's crazy to think that this actually started about a year ago, and now here we are. I, uh, I'm so grateful for everyone that's listened. We've had tens of thousands of listeners throughout, and so many amazing, supportive people, and honestly, some of the coolest guests that I could even imagine. I, I had no idea it was going to look like this, so I'm very grateful for everything. That being said, this week I'm actually getting interviewed by Axel York, so on his podcast, he's interviewing me. I decided to use that for the 50th episode so you guys could get to know me more. You can hear more about my journey, how I got to where I am, and kind of just the journey that We Strive has taken me on, all the ups and downs, and all the lessons I've learned along the way. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. If not, um, sorry, this is who I am. Uh, so uh, hopefully enjoy the podcast. This is Corey McCain, interviewed by Axel York on the We Strive podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Really excited today. We have a special guest for you. got Corey McCain on the show. So Corey runs a very successful podcast uh, called the We Strive podcast. Uh, I'd encourage you guys to check it out. It's all about successful um, entrepreneurs, business people, um, people that just show a lot of success and see a lot of success in their careers. He's also building an app for personal trainers and really any fitness professional. And what I can only describe as, as a super connector, uh, just great in terms of networking and just you know connecting people to, to one another. So Corey, I, I don't know if you want to jump in and, and say anything, anything about yourself or if that kind of sums it up. Honestly, uh, it's, it's funny. I actually had a, in college, I had a buddy and uh, this is totally off topic, but to what you just said. I had a buddy and I was describing him to a, a girl and I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of described you to her. And he was like, what do you mean you described me? And I was just like, oh, I guess it's kind of hard to describe what a person is. So, I mean, I mean, you did like, I mean, that's pretty much it though. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I've been working on this app for years. I'm just a hardworking guy, um, have my accounting degree. And basically, uh, I kind of did what a lot of people tell you to do in the entrepreneurship world where you find a problem and then you solve it. Whereas a lot of people are trying to just like, they're like trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know that was a thing at the time. I just found a problem and I was like, I should fix this. And then I found out later it was kind of what you're supposed to do. But yeah, I basically started out with nothing and had an idea, no connections, no money, no idea what apps are, no idea what I'm doing. And, you know, several years later, here we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, yeah, I, I want to dive in. There's a lot we can unpack here. You know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the podcast, um, definitely about the app, but just since you kind of, kind of hit on that, you mentioned that you got your accounting degree and, and, you know, I did a little bit of, uh, you know, research on you before we jumped on and, you know, just like looking at your LinkedIn profile, um, up until you launched this app, you had kind of the, 
what I would consider the kind of traditional trajectory, right? Like you, you went to a, a good college, got a degree in accounting, you went and you were working for, you know, uh, Northwestern Mutual right out of college. You know, you looked like you were smack dab on the, the nine to five route, you know, the, the quote unquote traditional American dream type of path. Uh, so where, where was like your aha moment? Where was that point that you realized like you don't want to go the nine to five route? Um, and you know, really what some people consider like the quote unquote safe route. What was that moment for you? Yeah, there's actually like, there's actually a lot of different points to that. Cause when I was about to graduate before I had this idea, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I had my accounting degree, but in retrospect, I actually hated Northwest Mutual or Northwestern, whatever it was. Uh, to this to this day, there are people that I would love to text and I can't text because I feel so uncomfortable because they force me to like, you know, message every person I know's parents about like, you know, doing their life insurance or their whole life plan or whatever. And it was just so uncomfortable. And so I... and. I had more contacts. I had like I had probably ten times more contacts than anyone, and so they were like everyone was like, "What do you mean fill up a two hundred person list?" And I was like, "I'm done already. Like whatever, I don't care." But that was two hundred people that kind of ruined that. So that's one thing it kind of ruined it for me. And another thing was the day of my senior year, like literally the week before my school started, my senior year of college, I had a contract with Northwest Mutual. I had I got this guy on board for like. I think he was paying like 25k a year or something like that, and they pay fat commissions. So I spent three months with this guy. He's a great guy, you know. Like I, I, I drove up to his house, helped him with his bow, just got to know him a little bit. Uh, and all this stuff goes through. I was gonna get 12k in uh, commission, and that was gonna basically like Washington is really cheap to live. That was gonna fund my whole year. And basically, what happened was I get a phone call, and oh no, sorry, it was it was 10k, and uh, the 10k was pending in my bank account, and they basically were like, hey, so. After all this, his blood work failed, and we have to take the 10K out of your bank account. And I was just devastated. Like before that, I was getting, I got like an award for something. It was like I was so pumped about the career, and I was, it just kind of smacked me. I was like, oh my god. So if I could go back in time, I would cancel out that entire job and just like wait tables and make a ton of money. Like that's what I would have done. But then yeah, towards towards like the beginning of my senior or sorry midway through senior year, we had this idea, um, and I really don't know like what I would have done otherwise. Like I really have no idea. I mean, I would have gotten a job somewhere, but at that point I did not, I wasn't applying for accounting jobs. I really didn't want to be an accountant. And I came home from college or sorry, from class one night and my roommates were drawing <clears throat> on a whiteboard. And it's so crazy. It's like a movie to think about how that's where it started. Where And then I'm talking to you now about it four years later. Um, but they were drawing on a whiteboard and they were like, let's build, we should build an app. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like whatever, like, big dreams who cares and then one thing led to another and all of a sudden like I'm, I'm in Seattle pitching this development team and then I'm launching a website and then all this stuff led to it but I mean to long answer to your simple question I mean I really did not know what I was going to do and the aha moment was kind of like I think I can build an amazing fitness platform that can change the training industry that's great awesome there's yeah there's a lot to lot to unpack there and I know you said that uh you know, we, we talked previously, obviously, and, and I was actually a guest on your podcast, but you mentioned that your, your parents kind of have a, an entrepreneurial background. Um, is that, is that something that you feel has like helped push you in that direction? Like, do, have, have you got a lot of support from them? Ultimately, like, have you had any naysayers in your life that just maybe haven't supported this route? 
Um, my parents are like super chill. So they, when I first started, they were kind of like, well, it's actually really funny because my goal has always been to keep growing this company, eventually have an exit like Instagram. I want to sell this for $2 billion. I want to create a social platform that touches all across the health and fitness industry, looking at like what Peloton's valued at right now, like a couple billion. That's what I want to get this to. So when I first started off, I was talking about millions and millions of dollars. And my mom kind of laughed at me, like not like in a rude way, but just kind of like, okay, like, you know, do your thing, whatever. Um, and it's crazy now. Now we're valued at a couple million dollars. We're about to launch this app and, you know, we have investors now and it's just, it's just weird how that works. But my, my mom's like, an insane salesman she's like the person where when we were kids we'd always go over on our phone bill or we do well my, my sister would always send more texts than we were supposed to or like use an insane amount of impossible to use data like i don't even know how she did it and my mom always got on the phone and somehow would like not only drop the charges but our next month bill would be cheaper or something like that like she could always work her way politely into no matter who we're talking to she would find a way so She's a really good salesman, um, and my dad's just like a really hard worker, computer science guy, super smart. So, I mean, they were super supportive. They're like they weren't necessarily like you know crazy about the idea, but they're just incredible parents to have. So, um, I guess it was good to have that foundation. But I mean, as far as naysayers go, I mean, like literally every single person I've ever talked to, even the people that invested in me early on, probably didn't think it was gonna work. I mean, when I on, on, to to look back at like 2016 when I kind of first got going on this, uh, we had like a little kickstarter and some shitty app i mean the people that put like 5 to 15k in me i look back and i'm like you put 5 to 15k in that guy and i honestly think it's because one i have an insane work ethic and they knew i wasn't gonna just waste their money but two like i was also from a small town so like even a shitty app is an amazing app no one not literally none of my friends i have a lot of friends back home from sports college whatever no one's making an app so it was like a very unique thing that i think they wanted to get in and you know obviously have a chance at that but i mean you know just i've definitely had a lot of people that either laughed at me or said like oh is that for your app haha <laughs> like or when's your app gonna launch blah, blah blah and so you know just out here to prove them wrong yeah no that's great i i know i'm by far an expert in the in the world of venture capital but you know I, i've heard a lot you know listen to podcasts and reading books like you know the the idea is you know bet on the jockey you know, don't don't bet on the horse or the race. Um, so it sounds like those people were, were probably betting on you as opposed to the, you know, idea or the market or the, you know, product fit. So sounds sounds like it was a, a pretty good bet uh, at this point. So um, so let's, you know, just I, I want to go through like just some of those struggles that, that you faced. I, I have it on pretty good authority that you you launched your your app and, and maybe you can just tell the story because I from what I understand, this was the second release of your app, kind of, I don't know, maybe like a soft launch. And, and the day that you got it on the Apple uh, App Store, they actually pulled it down. I, I imagine that was just incredibly deflating. Like you put in all this time, effort into this endeavor. It's dead in the water like day one when it goes live. Like what was that experience like and how did you, how did you not throw in the towel and just like how did you push through that? I actually, the scenario you just described, I wish that was the scenario. It was way worse. Uh, <laughs> like that would have been actually great if we like, could have figured it out. But uh, what actually happened, it's extremely like just kind of out of my hands. So when we launched our first app, I discovered how annoying Apple is to deal with. And anyone listening that wants to make an app or is currently making an app, if you're going to launch your app and you're like, we're going to launch on March 5th, 
if you submit it to the App Store March 1st, that app will not post until the end of March. Like Apple takes forever. So we knew that when you work with Apple, a lot of people don't know this, Apple actually takes 30% of everything sold in the App Store. So companies like Spotify can get around that because one, they're a huge company. Two, they push you out of the App Store. So whenever you subscribe to Spotify, you go through their website. So they're actually pushing you out of the App Store to their website so they can save that 30% cut. They're in litigation with Apple. They're getting sued all the time, but you know they're big enough that Apple can't really do a lot about it. Um, we're not big enough. And also, the argument can be made and was made that <clears throat> what Apple says is since we have a, a digital marketplace and all the programs, even though they're made on our website, are 100% sold within the app, it's not possible for us to use our own payment system because we need the app to sell. However... The app launched in late May, and around like February, we posted our first version of the App Store with our own payment system, knowing it wouldn't get approved. We talked with the Apple team, and they approved it. So we were like, "Awesome! This is so cool!" Our apps we we had still we had a lot of like you know design edits and updates and all that crap, but the core version of the app with the marketplace, we were using Braintree, which is owned by PayPal. We were using that within the app, and that was approved. So that got approved, and then a month later, we uploaded again. That gets approved. And I've been dealing with Apple for a year now. I know how they work. I'm like, cool, this is awesome. Like different people approve. Like they have hundreds of people working back there. Like it's not the same person every time. And then I post it again in like April, like about a month out. Gets approved again. Awesome. Okay. So fast forward to the end of May. And I rented out a rooftop on Santa Monica, this huge, beautiful rooftop that looks over the promenade. We had about 120 people there. I don't, have, I don't know a lot of people at this point, so we didn't have like – influencers or anything like that. I had only been living in LA for 11 months at this point. So the fact that I got 120 people there was insane. Like literally everyone was like free alcohol, rooftop, let's go. I have like six friends fly up from Washington, a few of them. I had no money, but like a few of them I paid for and everything. And so the day of the launch party comes up and I get an email or a notification that my app's been pulled off the app store and like heart drops, but I'm like, whatever, it's probably like, there's so much crap that can go wrong with apps, which is why I recommend everyone start with a website and then make an app. But anyways, so I was like, whatever. And so I get on the phone and she's like, yeah, basically the person that had approved your app the last three times should not have done that. And I was like, okay. And she's just like, yeah, I mean, so like we have to pull the app off the app store. You need to switch to our payment system, which is one sentence, but it actually means weeks to months of work. And what are you, is this a joke? Like I have my launch party. Like, could you do this tomorrow? Like my launch party's tonight. I have 120 people coming. I spent like 1200 bucks because I'm super frugal. It should have cost like 5k, but I spent a lot of money for me. And like, what, like, what do you want me to do? And she's just like, I'm sorry. Like Apple has no remorse. They're like, sorry, you know, that's it. Like they're, they're not going to give you a discount. It's just like, that's it. So the reason that app did not do too well is, well, one, we had a lot of stuff that we wanted to work on. We have for this new version, but Basically, the launch party, all that PR we would have gotten from friends and family and influencers, gone. Our entire marketing budget was not very much, but we had some. And that all had to go to rebuilding the entire payment processing system for iOS. And then I had to spend, I've done this like five times, so it's whatever at this point, but I had to spend about two and a half to three weeks taking all of our programs off of our payment system and then single-handedly plugging their program ID into the iTunes backstore creating an, uh, an iTunes Connect account for each program and then submitting that one by one to the App Store. 
And so by the time we launched, it was just kind of like just embarrassing. Summer had started. No one gave a shit. Our launch party was gone. I had no money. And so it, it basically just screwed us in just one like it was one one little foul. Is that foul swoop? What is that? I don't know. Okay. I, I, I got to ask. To most people, like most people going through that, they would be like, they would be done. They'd be like, you know, the 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 world's conspiring against me to to have this success. I'm out. I'm going back to Northwestern Mutual. I don't care how many people I gotta, you know, screw over with this insurance program, like, uh, or, or whatever it is. What kept you going? Like, what was that self talk? Like, what was the mindset that helped you push through that low point? I think it's a combination of optimism, forced confidence, and also the fact that like I know who our competition is, I know what they're doing, and I know that if I keep pressing on, I can make a better product and make a lot of money and help a lot of people. The optimism, I don't know where that comes from, but I've just kind of like, I mean, with my first launch, it launched six months late. I was dealing with this team that was just like all over the place. It was just, it was insane. Like, oh, lost so much money on that. So I've just dealt with so much crap along this journey that I was devastated. Everyone was like, dude, how are you not like just – and I was like, you know what, man, whatever. you know, Like that's kind of the, the mindset you have to have at a certain point. It's just like whatever. Like we're going to get through it. Like the one thing I've learned is like shit's going to happen and you can either just like bitch about it and be frustrated and be pissed off or you can be like that literally happened and I can't change it. So I might as well just move on and figure something else out. And so that's what we did. We basically didn't focus on the launch. The, la- the app launch, who cares, whatever. We sold like a couple thousand bucks worth of programs. Who gives a shit? And then I immediately, like that month, started working on the updates for our client management tool, which we're launching this month. So, and that's a whole longer story. But I mean, basically just, it was just, I think it was experience at that point. Just experience of being screwed over and just pushing on. That That's awesome. I, I want to just like, I, I mean, you just said it, but I, I want to repeat those those ideas because I think it's so important whether yeah whether you're trying to start your own business whether you're you're trying to succeed in your career whether you're trying to succeed in sales whatever it is that idea of of optimism of forced confidence and knowing that you're better than the competition and that you can help your customers and and save people a lot of money like that just yeah that rings so true to me um, I, I think those are probably some of the most important things that, that you can do. And, and it's amazing the correlation because that can tie into almost any any industry or, or any career. Um, and and it, it really ties into that like kind of stoic approach, right? Like the, the idea that if you spend all these months like programming this this app that's supposed to release on the, the you know iTunes or the app store and then it gets shut down and you have to rebuild uh, a major part of the app, looking at it from the POV of like, okay, this sucks, but we're going to do it better this time. And it's going to be better for everybody involved. Like, so that's, that that's huge. Um, I want to, yeah. Uh, I want to jump r- real quick. I, I just want to touch on the, um, on the podcast that, that you run. Um, so again, that, that's called the we strive podcast. It, it's on the, the iTunes or sorry, on the podcast store app whatever on itunes uh it's on spotify i think stitcher bunch of other platforms um you've had some really really cool people on that podcast 
Um, so we're gonna have to talk offline. I, I want to know how you're getting some of these guests to come on the show, but I mean, I can tell you exactly how I did it, but <laughs> let's, let's, let's take that offline. But I, I want to know, like, cause you've had like Kanye West CTO, um, his, his chief technology officer, you've had, um, you know, the VP of the NFL, you've had an advisor from Shark Tank, like this is, this is an impressive lineup. So like, who's been the most impressive guest for you? Uh, and then second part, like, who have you learned the most from? You know, I I wanted to have an awesome answer for you because you asked you were you were asking me that yesterday, and I started going through like um, my my website because I, I have a landing page for it. So I was going through like everyone looking at their pictures and just thinking about it, and I don't really have an answer, man. Like, honestly, it's been I never really wanted to start a podcast, and after I did my first episode, I was like, this is so freaking cool. Like, the, the fact that I get to sit down with these really intelligent, really hardworking people for an hour, like, of dedicated time, just me and them, and I get to hear everything that, like, th- how they got to where they're at, like, you know, their life, their backstory, what motivates them. Like, I mean, I don't – I mean – I talked to, you know, you know, the VP of the NFL was so cool. I got to go to NFL Network and have like the little, uh, little, um, what's that thing called around your head? Uh, the, <laughs> the necklace thing, uh, the lanyard, I got like a little lanyard, like NFL Network lanyard. And like, yeah, I, I went to, I interviewed Garen Jones who, uh, interviewed him in the Hollywood Hills at his like beautiful house. And he, uh, I mean, he was on the, the ludicrous label and then he like was homeless and then now he's a millionaire. Like it was just, it was just crazy. And yeah, I've interviewed like five different people off of shark tank. So I know all the behind the scenes stuff on shark tank. Like I've learned all the stuff about what it's like to be with Damon John, what it's like to be with Mark Cuban. Like it's just crazy, man. Like I, I think that cause I was, and I was looking at each picture and I kept thinking about certain quotes that they would say. And it just like every single person has taught me just amazing things. And I'm just like super grateful that I started it. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's an awesome, like byproduct. Why, what, why'd you start the podcast in the first place? What was the, what was the driving force behind that? Uh, three things. One, I was, I'm not going to say where, but I was somewhere and I saw these two guys doing a podcast and I talked to the guys and then I was like, I don't know how this, these guys podcast does, but I guarantee I can do a better podcast. (laughs) Like just like, I knew that they had like a pretty decent following and I was like, I mean, I don't have a crazy following. I don't do this full time or anything, but I was like, I guarantee I could do a better job than these guys. Uh, so it was that the second thing was kind of a selfish reason. It's like, I know if I can sit down with these amazing people and get to know them, they might be a really good connection or maybe I can help them. So like, uh, also like growing the We Strive brand, but ultimately it was just, I really like, I realized that I really liked hearing people's stories and I get really involved. Like even when I'm just talking to someone in person, I'm like, how'd you do that? Like, and then what'd you do after that? Like I was meeting with this guy today in, in uh, Venice and I was just talking with him and he was telling me about some data source company. I don't even know what he was talking about, but I was, I kept asking him like, well, how'd you shut down the company? Like, what'd you do with the employees? Like, did they get severance? And I had so many questions and that's kind of why I started the podcast. I just love hearing people's stories and like talking with them. Yeah. No, that that's great. I mean, you, you know, one of my favorite quotes is you're you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you know, if you're if you're spending an hour a week every single week with some of these high performers like just by sheer osmosis, you're going to you're going to pick up some really great lessons. So that that's super cool. Uh well, I I want to change gears a little bit here. 
real quick and just kind of dive into into this kind of uh, networking skill that that you've seemed to to master. Like, first off, is that is that innate or is that something that you've like fostered and developed and and cultivated? I mean, I want to say I'm like some crazy networker where I'm like, you know, I have this method. I'm like a guru or some shit like that. But like, I, I think I think I just talk to a lot of people, and then you know, I, I if you talk to more people, you're gonna get to know more people. I feel like I don't I don't I don't feel. I mean, I'm a nice guy. I'm pretty like you know pretty personable. Like I think people enjoy being around me, but like I don't have this like crazy ability. Like I I started a Facebook group, Entrepreneurs of LA. If you're in LA, hit us up. But like. I uh I posted today about like an event and uh, like one or two people have signed up so far so I'm like okay uh so I mean I'm not necessarily like you know this crazy good entrepreneur or uh, networker by any means but I mean I've hosted two events so far we've had about 90 people on average show up so it's been a pretty cool attendance rate um but I mean yeah I just like I said I just enjoy talking to people and I think um you know when I enjoy I think I think it's I think I'm good at it because I'm good at executing and following up. So, I mean, if I meet someone, I'm very, very good at remembering to not only get their contact information, but also following up with them. So, like, if I meet someone at, like, a Starbucks and they're, like, talking about something and I get their email, like, I will I will email them. And I will say, like, hey – or, like, if they're – say they're um, – they're making, like, a cat food product. I'll email them and be like, hey, my buddy actually runs, like, a – cat i don't i don't know why i chose this my buddy my buddy runs a cat food company out of san antonio and they're killing it like you guys should totally like connect and i'll i'll do like an intro email like i mean i just feel like i i like connecting people and it feels good to kind of build those relationships totally well yeah i mean there's there's that law of of reciprocity right where you know you do something nice for somebody um and not not even having the intention of like getting a favor in return but by and large you're you know you're gonna get a favor from, from those people. So by, by doing more favors and helping out more people, it actually helps you grow and helps, helps your career. So that's, that's perfect. And, and yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't even say, cause there, there's a big difference obviously between being like, you know, a killer networker and being like a, you know, an event promoter or, or something like that. So um, it sounds to me like, like you're, you're killing it on the, the networking end. Um, how has that helped you in, in the business, like from a, a practical standpoint, whether it's like been the podcasting or it's been the, the networking, Facebook groups, anything like that? Well, and I was going to say one thing too about networking that I've realized lately and I've been trying to like spread this around that, I mean, to your point, like the event promoter thing, like, yeah, I never, I never want to be that, like, I, I never want to be that person that could like teach someone how to how to get someone to to buy something like you know what i mean like i never want to be like oh if you use someone's name and then like if you look at their shoulder they're they're gonna invest like i i like i like to I, I, not only like i know all those tricks like you know if you stand sideways against the, like when you're looking at a girl she'll like think that you're not that interested in her and then she'll want to be like it's just like all that crap i just i, I literally i never want to be that person i never want to think that i'm like toying or playing with someone not only that, but like if people catch on, like if you keep saying, like when someone says my name multiple times, I'm like, dude, this is not going to work. I know I'm smarter than you. You're not going to like, like, I'm not going to buy this. <laughs> like, they're like, Corey, let me tell you something, Corey. I'm like, dude, okay. Uh, but I honestly think just being genuine and just being nice to people is the new, like, 
you know, you got to be mean to get a higher up in this world kind of a thing. I think just being genuine to people is the best way to do it. Um, but to your question that you asked me before I went on a rant, uh, I think, you know, networking has helped me a whole bunch. Uh, people always ask me like, cause people go to the events and they're like, wait, so what do you do? Like besides hosting these events? And I'm like, Oh, I have a personal training app and it has nothing to do with the event I'm hosting because I host events for tech people. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I just, I noticed that entrepreneurship scene in LA is kind of not very good and I wanted to bring people together. And I had a lot of people that were like, God, I wish there was a better events. And I was like, yeah, me too. And then I was like, I'm just going to do it. Um, but it, the coolest part is it helps in all aspects. And I think everything kind of comes together where like not if you're, if you're genuine to people and you meet enough people and you help those people, you're going to have stuff happen for you. I mean, like I met like perfect example. I met this guy, Jared Lloyd, if he's listening, it'd be really random, but, uh, just met him randomly. And then I don't even know how I met him on some networking app. I was nice to him. I was like, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's get coffee, whatever. I think we got coffee or got on a call. And then he invited me to Hawk Media's Hawk Fest, which was like at the Houdini mansion. Everything was free. We got to watch like Rob Deerdeck talk, all these cool speakers, free food and drinks all day. And that's where I met Kanye's CTO. And then I interviewed Kanye's CTO. And then he introduced me to his friends that worked with Kanye. And I was just like, just because I was nice to one person and then all this stuff spiraled beyond that. So I think like, I, I think the best way to network is to just genuinely get to know a human being. And if something comes out of it, then something comes out of it. And if not, then now you genuinely know a human being, you know, it's like, like there's no downfall to just doing that. Yeah. Well, and, and you experience this compound effect, right? Like, I, I mean, too often people, you know, start down a, a path, you know, a career path, a, a job, you know, with an industry, whatever, and, and they just throw in the towel too soon and, and they don't realize like, you know, perfect example of what you're talking about is that like, you know, yeah, there's no way if you had set your sights on like, yeah, let's, let's create this podcast and like, yeah, I need to get Kanye's CTO on for an episode. You know, it takes you, you know, two years to, to have that occur, right. For that, that kind of serendipity to occur. Um, but if you stay with it, if you stay persistent, those things are going to break in your favor, especially when you're doing it for the right reasons and, and trying to make a positive out of it. No, yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. And that's 99% true. I want to do a shout out to Bill McCullough, the NFL VP. He just straight up just said yes in a random LinkedIn message. <laughs> so that one was total. Out he was like, yeah, sure. I was like, uh, wait, okay. <laughs> like yes i was not expecting that all right yeah i was like i thought you were gonna not reply to me but this he's like yeah how about wednesday i was like uh i don't even um okay (laughs) like i guess so now now i'm nervous okay let's go exactly um cool well i i want to uh you know this is this is something i i think there's a a huge correlation between just, you know, personal drive and, and success. And I've been seeing so many examples of, of this lately of people tying in uh, fitness into their their career goals and their aspirations. Um, and it, I'm talking to the right guy here, given that you run a company that makes software for fitness professionals to use. Um, what, yeah, what, where do you think that connection plays in for you? How do you think it's helped you? Um, do you kind of leverage you know, fitness goals to push you with your career goals and, and vice versa. And has, has it been, has it been more helpful for you or has it been more like, 
distracting to have to try to maintain a, a workout regimen while you have so much on your plate? I mean, it's the, the, the closer I get to launch and the more people like the, the more things I take on, I think, which is why I'm glad I hired one of your, uh, EAs. Yeah. Um, but the closer I get to launch the more stuff I have to do and the more going to the gym becomes like daunting. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post yesterday on my story, but I was watching a YouTube video of myself and I was so yeah. freaking jacked in 2012. Yeah. Like I was more than Axel York jacked. I was like crazy. <laughs> just like a, that's eight a tough pack. level of jacked to get to it. No, I know it's like, it's almost not even possible. <laughs> uh, but no, I had like eight abs and my pecs were just, just like defined and I had yeah. big old veins in my arm. But at that time, like I didn't have anything else to do and I was doing CrossFit. So it was like, I was just crazy working out. Um, Hours a day. Yeah. And so now I've had like a, I've had like an in-between six pack and like kind of belly for four or five years and it's super irritating. Um, but I try and, I try and stay healthy, not only just for like my own health, but also because I do run a fitness app. So like, I mean, you know, the CEO of NASCAR doesn't necessarily have to drive NASCAR or drive car, fast cars, but like, you know, if he, if he happens to do NASCAR, that might be, yeah, it doesn't hurt, you know? And it's like, I feel like it's even more sore with the fitness company where it's like, you kind of want the CEO to be in really good shape. I mean, actually the CEO of CrossFit is in like, meh, like kind of like he's, you know, very average shape. I can't remember his yeah. name, but it's like, so I don't think anyone cares there. But it's like, I don't know, I just feel, I just, I have like, I feel like I, I feel like I owe it to myself and to the company to stay in at least a pretty good shape. Um, I would never, like if this app blows up, I would hate to go on Ellen and they're like, all right, can you do this, this, how many pushups can you do? I do like 12, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so I, and to answer the other, like really long question you had that I kind of probably forgot about. Um, yeah, I try and I try, I mean, I try and fit it in and I think it's super important How's your fitness routine and regimen kind of helped propel any success? And then um, has it became, yeah, I guess more distracting as, as you've gotten busier or has it actually helped you become more productive? Um, I think when I work out in the mornings, it makes me super productive. So if I work out super like, you know, like six or seven or something like that, yeah. Then when I get home, everything I do, the moment I get home from the gym, I'm, I'm like, I could work for 15 hours straight after that and not even care if I wake up and I'm like, you know, kind of like, ugh, you know, it, I really don't get a lot done. So early morning workouts really push it for me. Um, and I, I think to, to what you asked, I, I think when I'm, when I'm working out consistently and like really pushing myself, it, it replicates to my app and it also yeah. really helps the app when, I get to actually use it in the gym and apply it to real life because we have, we have over a thousand screen grabs for our website and mobile app. And every single day I'm in the gym, I'm in the car, I'm asleep or I, like I'm just coming up with new ideas. And so it's, yeah. it makes it really, really applicable for me where I'm like, okay, this is actually not like something that people are going to want to have in the gym. We need to switch this feature or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Just kind of bug test your, your own app in real time. Absolutely. It's great. Um, cool. Well, we're, we're coming up here. I, I want to just kind of rock through some kind of quick, simple, a uh, little bit more like close ended questions, I guess. Um, I, I want to ask you, uh, what's one thing that you like credit to your, to your success that somebody else could learn or could replicate? Um, success is a, is a kind of uh, stretch, but 
Ask me in a month. I was, like, we'll, we'll probably sit, we'll be good then. Uh, so I think just like I think the word relentless or like grit is the best way. And that's not something you can necessarily learn, so it's hard for me to say that. But I think that's honestly it. I mean, there's so many times where like I'll be watching TV and working like late at night and I'll just turn the TV off, put my headphones on and just go to, go to town working. And like, I've already worked for 12 hours that day. Yeah. Like just not let not letting yourself have excuses to not work. Like I think, cause I honestly, I have every single thing stacked against me. Every competitor we have has like a million dollars more than us. They're all established. I mean, we're already better. It's like ridiculous how shitty they are. <laughs> uh, but I mean, just like, don't let yourself, I don't want to say give up because it's dumb, but like, honestly, just don't let yourself give up. Like the ability to just keep pressing on no matter the scenario or no matter the situation, I think is the, the best um, character trait that I have and something that I continue to work on each day. Cause even if you're a kind of lazy person, you can, you can push yourself and find ways to, uh, to work harder and to be more creative with your time. Yeah. No, hundred, hundred percent. I, I, you know, I tell people that I work with all the time that I think that, grit that that exact word right just discipline and determination that that intersection is one of the most important qualities you can have um and, and you dropped that word relentless uh shout out to tim grover have, have you read his book relentless i have not honestly one of your questions was about reading books and i was like oh this is gonna be tough <laughs> i i honestly do like i i rarely read it's so bad like well now i don't really have a lot of time for it yeah um but I mean, yeah, we'll, yeah, man, it's like we'll have to get bad. you on. Uh, we'll have to get you on the audiobooks. That's what I do because I just, you know, working out, Ooh, commuting, yep. okay, fair whatever enough. it is. Yeah, it, it, it's a game changer. Um, okay, so well, just since we touch on that, maybe not um, most like recommended book, but most recommended. Ooh, I actually, do have one. Sorry. Oh yeah, sweet. This is specifically for people in the startup world um it's it's a very common book but like when i first started i read the lean startup i have like highlights on every single page of that book it was it was it honestly probably saved me months um and then there was another i can't remember the other one but yeah that was that was kind of the main one where it was like actual applicable scenarios and it really helped me kind of figure out my journey from there yeah that's that's an awesome one that's yeah it's been a couple years since i read it but little like slow going but then once it starts picking up speed, you're you're hooked. What about any like podcast or, or anything that you would recommend? Obviously, other than the We Strive. Oh, I was gonna make a joke. Dang it. <laughs> uh, yeah, We Strive's great. Honestly, man, like I've been so I've been so busy lately. I haven't li- I haven't read, listened to a podcast. I haven't done any of that kind of stuff. But I I actually I'm gonna do a quick shout out here. Um, if you're in like the SaaS space or like even client management space, uh, Dan Martell. I know this is actually a really funny story. Um, so Dan Martell has had like a lot of exits. He's working with like, he's just has like a lot of awesome companies. He now advises SaaS companies, software as a service, yeah. uh, which is kind of, which is kind of what we're doing. Um, I actually met him because when I was driving for Uber last year, I picked up this dude at a comedy club and then I was driving him to Burbank and he asked me what I do. I said, I'm running a SaaS company and he goes, Oh no shit. Like I'm really good friends with Dan Martell. And as right before I drop him off at Burbank Airport, uh, he pulls Dan Bartell up on FaceTime, and I'm driving <laughs> this guy in Uber while pitching my idea to Dan Bartell on FaceTime. So, oh. uh, so that's how I know Dan. Um, and Dan, uh, he posts a new YouTube video every week, so not necessarily a podcast, but his YouTube videos are super beneficial. I have pages of notes off of those. Yeah. And then honestly, for me, 
uh, and this is something that I've done really recently. Following the Airbnb story for me has been so incredible. Like anytime those guys, the founders post a new video on YouTube or like they're featured in some interview, yeah, the story is really repetitive, but I can, I eat that sh- stuff up all day. I like their story is so incredible and just so inspiring. Anything, anything Airbnb does, like whether it's from a brand standpoint or from like a mission statement or like anything they do is just impeccable. Yeah. Th- those guys, I mean, the, the like grit and hustle that they showed to, to launch that company, like selling cereal at, you know, freaking the DNC and RNC and, and all the, the other stuff they've done. Super. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, so from like a, like a personal development standpoint, like, is there anything you're working on right now? Like on, on yourself that, that you think will help you in your business? I think I'm always working on myself. I think like my goal in life is to try and be perfect and not in the sense that like I'm perfect, but like I've always just like striven. I can't, I don't know how to, my company's called We Strive. I don't know how to use the word strive in another, another sure. way. Uh, I've always, we all, I want to say strove, but I don't think that's a real word. So, I'll but take I, it. Yeah. My, you know, yeah, my whole life I've always strove. Like, I think. I think that's like my biggest goal in life is like chasing perfection, but knowing I'll never get there. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to be a perfect human being, but I think just working harder, being kinder, helping people, pushing yourself to the limit, getting your health and fitness up, yeah. eating healthier. Like just literally like if you're, it's, it's definitely, you're like a Sims character. Right. Right. Yeah. And you have this like blank out of 10 skill. I don't remember what their skill sets were or whatever, but like, it's as if you have this actual like skill set that if you keep working on, you're going to actually get better at this. So, like if you just keep being nice to people, like not only are you going to keep being nicer, but like things are going to come your way. Like, so I don't really have like one specific thing that, you know, every morning I do yoga. Like, I'd love to do that, but I don't have the time, but yeah. like, I don't have a thing that I'm specifically working on. I think I'm just kind of working on just being a better, well-rounded person, like constantly. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's great. Just being... Cause like you're, you're right. You can't really be a, a perfect person. Um, but I think you can get pretty darn close to being the perfect version of yourself. If you're, absolutely if, if you're hitting all those points, right. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, just a cu- couple more questions for you. Just kind of rapid fire stuff and then, and then we'll wrap up. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who's like kind of in that, what, what, what we call the pit of despair, um, you know, they're, they're in that place, like right before it starts to pick up and, and starts to get better, but where so many people give up, um, or, or think that they won't be able to accomplish their goal that they set out to achieve. Like what advice would you give them? I've been in that spot for years. So I definitely, I could do a whole podcast on this. You know, I think, um, well, I would, well, there's two sides of it. There's one side where I would say if you're like, figure out if your idea sucks. Cause like, don't get me wrong. I've had a lot of investors turn me down, but I've also had my target market, AKA trainers for years be like, this is an amazing idea. Why hasn't it launched yet? So if the right audience cares, you can always succeed. And that's kind of what's pushed me forward this whole time. But like to the whole despair thing, like if, if every if every single person in your life is telling you your idea sucks, your idea probably sucks. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say give up, but like, you know, maybe you should probably give up and move on to something else. But, but uh, sure. But no, for people that you know, they know they have a good idea, they want to keep pushing forward. Um, 
I mean, the thing I've always done is like picture yourself in 10 years and someone asks you, you know, or you're at like a bar and someone's like, yeah, I had this awesome idea one time. And then you're like, oh, like for me, I've always pictured like, yeah, I had this app and like, oh, so cool. We were so close to launching. And then they'd be like, well, why didn't you launch it? And I'd be like, oh, you know, like money was a little tight and like the, the launch didn't go well. These investors were turning me down and like, just like what a piece of shit I would feel like, you know, telling that story every single day, didn't change the world, didn't do anything. And I'm just like sitting at a bar. So, I mean, I think that's my one piece of advice is just to kind of picture yourself in the future and are you going to hate yourself for giving up? Yeah, that's, I, I, I love that, you know, just that idea that like so many people do that. So many people sabotage their future selves for their like present self, you know, it's, it's like just to, yeah, to take it to like the health and fitness space, like how many people are, you know, it's right now it's 8 p.m. We're recording this podcast. How many people are like eating a second piece of cheesecake, even yeah. though they want to lose weight, but their present self is taking precedence over their, their future selves, you know, health, well-being and waistline. So that's. Yeah, past self, future, past self, present self, and future self. So, like, I constantly am, you know, if I do something, like, if I work really hard one day, and then I'm thinking, like, oh, future self is going to love me for this. And then when I get to future self, I'm like, thank God past self did not screw me over. Like, I'm so glad. I have that mindset every single day. Like, for example, this weekend, I didn't, I haven't been drinking at all. And I haven't, I won't drink for another month and a half until the, the after the app launches. Um, and I usually drink like a couple of days a week, but, uh, and I know and, well, I'm doing it because I know future self is going to be really happy for it. It's going to help me get in better shape when I, when the launch comes, there'll have been at least 30 days that I haven't been hung over and I've gotten a lot of work done to the point where we're launching. And I'm like, thank God I wasn't hung over all those days and I could get that work done. So I think looking trying to reward future self as much as you can is, is something I do all the time and like a huge mindset bonus. That That's great. Everybody should adopt that type of mindset. That's huge. Okay. La last question for you. And then, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, really appreciate you, you coming on the, the show, by the way. Um, just any final like words of advice for, for anybody, you know, looking to find success on their path in in whatever area that might be. I think one piece of advice I have is you never know what's on the other side of the door. And what I mean by that is, for example, um, we're raising this funding round right now. And I've honestly just been DMing random people on LinkedIn. Like, you know, it's going to bite me in the butt later, but whatever. But anyways, like most people leave me on red. LinkedIn actually really sucks for that, for DMing people. But uh, I said, I messaged like 50 people. I got like one person to reply and I was like, oh, damn it, whatever. Like, screw it. So then I literally for three weeks straight did not talk to anyone about investing. I was just so focused on the app and I was like, whatever, screw, screw LinkedIn. I get back on LinkedIn. I message like 10 people and then two of them want to invest. And one guy I have an investment call with on Friday and he's bringing three of his investor friends and I'm doing a four person pitch on Friday. Wow. And he's super interested. He's already asked for term sheets and shit like that. Yeah. And it's cool. like, I could have 100% just not gotten on LinkedIn on Monday and sent those messages. Right. Because, and that that's what I always think is like, I'll go to like delete someone or I'll go to be like, ah, I'm not going to reply to this person. 
but you never, you have literally no idea what's going to happen until you open that door. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs, what happens is they get told no by 10 different people and they're just like, okay, my idea sucks. But it's like, what if that 11th person is like, I love it. Here's a million dollars. And I know we're, we're running out of time or whatever, but like a uh, perfect example, one of my podcast episodes, I interviewed Garen Jones and he was talking about how, because before he was with Ludacris, he was a model and he was talking about how he went to like 20 different model agencies and they all said no. And then the 21st he went into, and it was like some, it was like Vogue or some shit, like some crazy top level modeling agency. And there was like the buffest, like people buffer than him, people better looking than him, people that were like, you know, six, five, six, three and all this stuff. And one by one, they all go through, they all go through, they all go through. And he's like, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to make it, whatever. And then he got a little confident. He was going to leave. He's like, whatever, I'm going to do it. He does it. He ends up getting the role because Beyonce had for some reason come to the studio that day, had seen him and had personally told one of the directors that he should take the role. And so that's the reason why he is where he is today. If he had just left that 21st, modeling studio he would not have been signed to the ludicrous label you know that song jumpin jumpin by destiny's child yeah yeah but jumpin jumpin he's the guy in that video that she's like with in the whole video like all that stuff he did would not have happened had he not like he's he was on the cover of this thing for p diddy all over the world like so like that's what i love about my podcast and that's what i love about entrepreneurship is like you learn so many lessons that's one thing i really learned is that you never know what's behind the door, and so if you don't open it, like you're gonna you're gonna regret it, basically. Love it, yeah. That's a that's a great place to end. Um, really appreciate you coming on the show. A uh, lot of lot of good insight there, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. I'm sure I'll talk to you this weekend when we're getting our uh, EA set up. All right, there thanks, go. man. Good, good stuff, man. So first of all, you guys are all so amazing. We hit 10,000 downloads for the first season alone. I don't know if that's going to go up or go down for season two, but I'm just really excited. I got to meet the coolest people, got to travel around mostly the LA area and just meet people that have done some amazing things. I was at NFL Network interviewing the VP of the NFL. I went to the Hollywood Hills, was interviewing Garen Jones. I went to the other side of the Hollywood Hills. I was interviewing Ian Chen, got to see their home office. I mean, it was such a cool experience. I'm so thankful that you guys were a part of it. And I've got some, I'm not going to say better, but I've got some really awesome interviews coming at you for season two. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I guarantee I don't update this till the end of season two. So if you're watching the last episode of season two, and I'm hyping you up for all the episodes of season two, sorry about that. Guarantee I'll forget. And uh, cool, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a part of this. Please leave five stars if you can in the the podcast store. I don't think Google allows you to do that, but uh, leave a mental five stars if you want. And feel free and comment. Give me some feedback. I'm always looking to improve. And just thank you so much for being a part of the We Strive podcast.